Reclaimed Audio, upcycling and making with reclaimed materials. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Reclaimed Audio. We're uh, spending some more time this week bringing you live, fun information from uh, some of my favorite people on the planet. Uh, the What's that guy in Canada? What's, what's your name again? I'm Phil Pinsky, and it occurs to me that's probably one of the first times in a long time that I've actually said my name on the podcast. You're, you're in Canada? Uh, yeah. Oh, well, that changes everything. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that means. So so who's that piping up back there in the background? Uh, that's me, Bill Lutz. I mean, uh, I'm sorry, that's me, Tim Sway, in Connecticut, which feels like Canada the past couple days, but um, it's not. No, in Canada feels like the North Pole, which it's not, but pretty close. <laughs> I thought the North Pole was in Illinois. <laughs> Only no. when you're there. Okay. Bill, since you're doing this, why don't you thank our Patreon supporters? Well, um, yeah, we should thank our Patreon supporters because we love these guys, um, every single one of them. And this uh, top three that we have is pretty amazing, too. We've got uh, Luis Deresta. And we have Jimmy Gonzalez and Stu Morrison, I believe. Yeah, you got that mostly right. So thanks yeah. to all of our Patreon supporters, but especially those three amalgamated names. Um, let's dive into what we're working on. Um, I'm going to abstain this week because uh, I don't want to say that unnameable video, so I hope to release that very soon. And maybe by the time this airs, it will have been released. So that'll be good. Uh, Bill, you go. Well, um, I'm still working on my Izzy Swan-inspired piece of furniture for the house, which is fun. i got a few other small things I'm going to tinker with. There's a, uh, a multi-tool thing I'm going to do, and, and I'm, inspired, I'm inspired by somebody else. And then I think I'm going to I'm gonna try and start on a Rubo bench. Uh, <laughs> so much inspiration happening here. I have like six, three months to kill. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> this way I can hang on to my job, you know, for at least another eight months. So, <laughs> how about friends you, like you guys, uh, Mr. Sway? Uh, what am I working on? Um, should we should we admit that we're pre-recording this? Yes. Okay, we're pre-recording this because uh, I have to go away for a week, and Phil has to go away for like a month or a year or something. I don't know. How long are you going away? Two weeks. Okay, so a couple of our episodes are actually kind of pre-recording a little bit. So I'm still working on the same stuff I was working on last week because it's still last week, even though right now it's next week for you. Got it? Yes. And can we keep the part? Can we can we keep the part where we asked if we can say that we pre-recorded something? So it sounds like we're not actually asking each other, but we're asking the audience. Never mind. I'm sorry. We have to now. <laughs> so um, yeah, no, I'm working on uh, I'm I'm working on this this sort of larger build that I'm doing that requires a lot of plasma cutting and sort of grunt work. And I'm actually going to put up a video uh, probably this week, which is next week, because it's last week right now, um, about a little tip I, I came up with while I was doing all this plasma cutting. And it will be a full build video, too, eventually. So uh, that's what I'm working on. And I also have this multi-tool I've been working on longer than Bill that I will be <laughs> doing a video of once I finish finalizing it, because i got a couple ideas since the version that you've seen uh, to add to it. This is like... I don't know. I don't want to say that mine's better than yours, but it might be. It, is, it, it probably, is it bigger? <laughs> no, it's definitely not bigger. But it might be better because <laughs> I know how to use it. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm behind like six comments now. You just took me by surprise. <laughs> if you're plasma cutting a lot, I'm not jealous at all, and I really don't 
hope that your socks catch on fire. <laughs> that that happened to me on the TV show when I did the TV show and I was I was MIG welding and I was laying on the ground and I was wearing socks that were apparently some kind of polyester blend which I was not aware of when I bought them because <laughs> we all know what happens with polyester blends and sparks. And all I know is that I'm just so thankful there wasn't a camera on me at the time that I had hot sock, as I refer to it. And, uh, That's a new welding term, hot sock. Hot sock. Well, we, we've all experienced it, but it was like, because I'm, you know, you got the mask on, you can't see, and I was putting together this lamp that we made for the school bus uh, episode, and um, and I was like, it was like, you know, the 11th hour, of course, because it was always the 11th hour when you're doing those challenge shows, and, and I was like, like crouching on the floor, this and that, the other thing, it was right near the end of the day, they're about to blow the whistle and make us go home, and all of a sudden my ankle was really hot. <laughs> and I, I put it out as like, you know, patting it and putting it out and stuff. And just, and, but while I'm doing it, I'm looking around like, God, I hope there's no cameraman to see me. And they forced them, they were off checking their Twitter feed. So they, nobody saw it. Because <laughs> that would have been like the, the go-to. Every commercial would have been my sock on fire for that episode, you know. Just, just out of curiosity, Phil, have you had any kind of a weird shop, um, because this is totally off topic, but a weird shop incident that you didn't realize was going on? Like a, mine was my nail in the face I didn't realize was going on. What about you? Any, any kind of... None that comes to mind immediately, but I don't have uh, the same level of experience as you guys. Well, you also work safely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, I was going to be nice about that. No, well, I know what you're saying. Okay. No, guys, I'm safe in my shop. Well, you know, first of all, let me knock on wood right now, even though I'm not a superstitious person, but I don't want to, you know, call out anything. But uh, I do my best to stay as, uh, as present as possible, because I know that Tim had mentioned it a bunch of episodes ago about how you need to be present as you're working on these very dangerous machines, and, and that's what I do my best to do. Mm. Oh, it's well, very true. Yeah, you keep it up because um, it's it's not something you have to knock on wood for. It's, it's just paying attention. So mm. We're, we're going to follow you for that example. You're the one with experience there. But even, even when you're paying attention, stuff can happen. I mean, yes. I wasn't doing anything wrong when my sock caught on fire on national television. <laughs> but, but you know, but it, but it was just like one of those things, like I shouldn't have been wearing those. And that's that was, you know, and then when Bill, you know, caught a nail with his cheek, you know, I don't think he was necessarily doing anything wrong except for he had his cheek in the wrong spot, you know. So that's just, stuff does happen. But That's true. But, uh, but yeah, you know, it's just, the, it's like anything. It's like a law of averages, too. If you... If you only drive five miles a day, um, you know, for over the course of thirty years, versus the guy that drives hundred miles a day over the course of thirty years, who's going to have more traffic tickets? You know, and there's, uh, yeah, because there's times like after my fourth margarita and my cigarettes <laughs> are still sitting on the, the workbench. I mean, you know, stuff happens. <laughs> Please tell everyone that you're joking. You're joking. Of course, I'm joking. I'm all. Uh, let's straighten this up now. Every podcast episode from here on out, everything I say is ridiculous and a joke. <laughs> do not listen to me. Do not take me seriously. Ever. Wait, I mean, all that nice stuff you said about me was a joke? Uh, <laughs> was no it? comment? How's that go? Every, everything I say is a lie. Oh, no. <laughs> My computer's going to blow up now. That was a Star Trek episode. I was going to say, wasn't it? Yeah, somebody saved somebody's life with that. Professor Mudd's robots. Anyways, do we, have a, do we have a topic this week that doesn't we, make us um, any worse? Before we talk about our topic, I thought we would just bang out uh, a question that we got from a listener named Nicholas Gomez. Right. He, he sent us a, uh, a YouTube uh, link to a video that was unlisted, so I guess it was just for us to see, and so I won't put that in the show notes, but basically Nicholas asked us, 
um, what we feel of inst what we feel about instructables and whether or not you know we would will or have used it as a platform for our projects or our videos or anything like that. Let me let me start with that because I have um, nothing to say. I've never even tried it. Go ahead, Tim. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> wow. Um, that was great. That was, that was really funny. Let's discuss contracts later, Phil. Anyways. <laughs> uh, Phil, are you, on, are you on Instructables at all? I've used it in the past as like a consumer of it. I've never used it to document anything, but I'm really horrible at documentation. Like I... Anytime I submit anything to like Reddit or whatever, it's always a video, and they hate that. They like those imager albums, and I never do that. I, I, yeah, I'm not really a blogger or a, a documenter of my projects in any way, mostly because I'm making them up on the fly. Mm. So it requires some forethought, which I generally don't have. Right. On. I know you're doing that stuff, right? Well, I'm on Instructables. I've been on there for a couple years, and I... It's like the sort of bastard stepchild of my online presence that I like. I forget about it for a bunch of months, and then I feel bad that it's been neglected, and I go back to it, and I put a, like a million videos up. But what I do is the lame way, and I put my videos up that I put on YouTube. And I, the reason I do that is I figure that they're they're there for anyone that might want to absorb that information that isn't on YouTube that wouldn't think to go to YouTube. Mm -hmm. um, some you know some of the ideas, uh, and they also they have these contests, and so I'm like oh well like oh this you know there's like a two by four contest I'm like oh I made a friggin' base out of a two by four here you know I put it up see if I can win a t-shirt or something you know every once in a while, and um and I feel bad because I've actually had several of the administrators from Instructables, several by I mean two, that's more <laughs> than one. What's several? That's a couple. That's a no, couple. several's three several's or more. Three. Okay, well there's one that thought about emailing me. Okay. Uh, so I had two that had a couple that contacted me and several that have thought about contacting me um, and said like, hey, we love your work. You know, it'd be really nice if you made these in instructable like formats, like you know, with the pictures and the descriptions yeah. and stuff. And I went and I had a coffee table once that I'd made, and I wasn't gonna make a video of it because it was too similar to another coffee table I made. And I photographed the whole process. And I took pictures of me holding tools in front of the wood, and and like I'd hold the skill saw and snap a selfie with it, and I did the whole thing, and I never put it up because it was like it just seemed so daunting to to spend the time to put it all up there. Um, so now what I do is I just continue to put my videos up because I already put that time into those, and uh, and I share them with people there, and I feel bad about it. One, of the, I did put one or two instructables up in the proper format, but they're like really simple ones, okay. um, and I had a video that accompanied them, and um. I do want to do more of that. We should have talked about this when we were talking about our selling episode. Even though Instructables isn't like, like a format to sell, it isn't a format to grow our ideas and our, and our thoughts. And I use it as a consumer all the time. Um, and I personally prefer when it's someone like me that has a video to go with it because I like to see... It's like the pictures with a thousand words of videos worth a million to me. I don't have to see all the steps. I just need to see the finished product from all the angles and I know how to make it, you know? Right. Um, but that's not for everybody. Some people want to see the steps and they want to see the... Um, so but, so to, if, to answer the question, I love Instructables, I'm on Instructables, and you can go watch all my videos there, but you've already seen them, Nicholas. So, <laughs> you know, but um, I, it is on my horizon to do more with that because I do really dig the concept. Yeah, this is a website. I mean, this is how... I, I just don't know. It's a website you can go to and see online content as well. 
post on, but it's more instruction type stuff. That's why it's called Instructables, yeah. It's how yeah. to. How how do I bake a cake? You can go to you go to instructables.com and there's this little prompt that says like how do I and then you type in what you want to do. Bake a cake. And it'll awesome. be a thousand pages yeah. that come up to So it's like when I made the slippers, for instance, or when I first started the idea of making the slippers a year ago, um, when I was on the uh, it was actually a thing for the TV show, I wanted to make uh, shoes out of school bus parts. And um and I still have the parts. <laughs> I'm still gonna make shoes out of them. I'm not too late. I promise, but uh, that was uh, and I was on Instructables, like looking how people made slippers and shoes, and I'm trying to learn that process. It's it's a really great uh, resource. That's awesome because seriously, I, I I didn't know, so something for me to learn. Personally, I feel that it's kind of like an antique at this point, given given the information you can get out of YouTube and the format. I find like reading instructions, like an IKEA sort of manual on how to put something together, is just too slow. I just need to see it in video. I need to I need to consume it faster. And like I said, this is not obviously what I think it is for everyone. It's just how I feel. You got to remember, there's a lot of people that just aren't into YouTube, even though it's hard to believe. There's still a lot of people out there that don't utilize YouTube. And speaking of AOL, that's so funny. Uh, one of my coworkers today logged in, and I heard you've got mail. I went, no, that exists. That still exists. That's so funny. Wow, man! And I thought bringing back my MySpace page was funny. <laughs> no AOL, that's, that's that's really digging. But uh, you know, uh, my my school teacher wife would say it's called um, I think it's multiple disciplines or something like that. And that's uh, like for teaching. You know, when they, when you're teaching someone, you you write it down on the board, you say it to them, and you have them write it down because they learn from. Each, right. You know, some people learn one way, some people learn the other. So Instructables is for the people that don't want to watch the video; they want to read. Um, yeah. And, you Maybe more the engineer or the um, uh, the machinist mind might appreciate the instructables form more, but then like the the scatterbrain mind like me who wants to click back and forth in a video, you know. Um, but then there was something too. Too, it's like okay, well I understand the first five steps. You can click to page six versus right. finding that point in the video. So there is a place for it. And like I said, I want to do it. I just like I can't add that workload on right now because I'm not really you know I'm just starting to get minimally paid for doing this type of stuff. Well, I think that's the biggest that's the biggest thing for me. First of all, I'm an auditory learner, and I always have been, no matter what the subject matter is. If I hear it, I learn it. Sometimes not even on actively, I I learn through osmosis a lot of the times. But uh, with regard to instructables, I do think it's a lot of work, and it just I couldn't possibly add that to my plate right now. Mm. Yes, for me, I'm a visual learner, which is why I gravitated towards YouTube, and I love it um, because I like that. Like I said, that motion picture. There's just if you can see, you know, you see a box from one side in a photograph, but mm -hmm. then you can see a box from three or four sides in a in a moving picture, and then I just I understand how it works. You know. Hmm. How do you learn, Bill? I don't. I don't. I'm actually uh, very much visual. I mean, I'm, I'm hands-on. I mean, I, I if I see something, especially when it comes to, to upcycling, even if I'm not going to take it, I'll pull out a nasty, broken something out of the dumpster just to take it apart to see how it was put together. And I will learn so much physically hands-on like that than I can any other way. I mean, that's how I learn the most hands-on. But visually, I can watch a gosh darn video. <laughs> And uh, learn so much just from seeing how somebody else does it, and then you know just pull on past experience and try and do it, you know, same way. All right, so I think we've uh, definitely covered Instructables. 
And uh, we <laughs> encourage. We're gonna get to the topic, but this is interesting. Yeah. You know, well, learning learning might be another episode too, like ways. I to think it is. Uh, so that was our question from Nicholas Gomez, and thank you very much for sending that into us. Uh, yeah, Nicholas thanks, tweeted it by uh, hitting us up at at Reclaimed Audio on Twitter, and we encourage all of you to do the same. We'd love to hear from you guys, uh, questions, comments, suggestions, that kind of thing. We will answer the questions. We just might not spend a half the episode on it. <laughs> <laughs> well, this was a good one. So but if, if we, it is, then it might be. Again, we, yeah, we might just spend half the episode on it. So, mm. Or at least you two will. I'd be just sitting here nodding. Uh, learning. <laughs> I was learning. I was learning um, audioly, like Bill. <laughs> Let's talk about our topic. When is green not green? When it's purple. You're fired. Well, have, um, let's let's explain why we're bringing this up. Our, our friend Ben, uh, Ben Sowers, I think I'm pronouncing that correctly, um, he posted a message about he was frustrated with driving all around town and he was searching for pallets and cardboard uh, for, I presume, a boss or something, and he was, he was frustrated. And he, so he sort of posted this message online saying, Hopefully we're not getting in trouble right now. Sorry, Ben, if we are. <laughs> he posted his message online saying, like, well, you know, if we just bought a pallet of cardboard, it would be actually more green than me wasting all this gas driving all over God's creation looking for, uh, you know, trash. Um, and and there's a lot of comments on it, and it was and it made me think about the fact that that is something to discuss. There's this one place that I buy wood from, or I, I don't buy wood from, but I did once and I won't again because I have this great reclaimed barn wood, and then he's explaining to me how he had it shipped up from South Carolina. And I was like, why did you have it shipped up from South Carolina? There's barns all over the place. Like, this is defeating the purpose. Um, and so, you know, as we enter this world of being green and upcycling and recycling, it gets complicated and it gets tricky about well, what is green. And so we're going to try and, and talk about that a little bit right now. Who wants to start? Go ahead, Phil. Well, I was just going to say that for me, green isn't always the factor. For me, a lot of the times, the factor is time. So put it, pulling apart a pallet, bringing it home from work, you know, I feel good doing it, and I love, you know, working up a sweat by cutting this thing down, pulling out the nails, milling it, doing all that stuff, uh, and I feel good about it, and I think the, the product that comes out of it has a ton of character and looks great, and I, and I feel good selling it. But man, was that a lot of time and effort when for like 10 bucks, you know, I could get a, a rough 1 by 10 from Home Depot and it basically looks the same and it cost me a 15 minute trip. So I get to spend more time with my kids or more time with my family or more time in the shop just, you know, making it because my time is so limited that, you know, that can be a consideration for me. So that's really sort of my my process because I'm not doing this for a living like it's it's a different consideration altogether for me so I really think that that Tim your your answer is going to be a lot more topical with regard to this specific uh, subject you know I, I, I can say for me it's it I do consider what kind of an impact it's going to have about how I do something I will have somebody call me I have a um, little background I have a, a, a family cabin up uh, northern California it's a couple hours away and since people have started realizing that I'm doing the upcycle thing, they'll call me. It's like, hey, I've got this really cool piece of old wood. Do you want it? And I'm like, sure. Well, you got to come and get it now because we're, we're going to throw it away. And I'm like, well, no. I mean, that doesn't make any sense to me to spend X amount of dollars in gas, blowing fumes out of my tailpipe, all to go get a little tiny piece of wood that's, 
you know, that, I mean, that's not helping anybody. You know, it's really not. Uh, but on the other hand, if I'm going up there anyway, um, sure, pick it up, you know, because you're, you're doing two things at once. If I'm going to go spend time up there and they can hold on to it, that's fine. But but to, to waste the time and effort, um, like you were saying, Phil, to do it, time is a factor sometimes. But for me, I do consider a little bit of both, probably not as much as Tim. You know, is, what am I doing to the environment by wasting all that time in a car that's polluting the air just to go get something that's going to save a little bit of landfill? So that would be me. Yeah, it's. Uh, I have obviously thought about this type of stuff a lot, and uh, even before I was upcycling and, and you know making a living of this and even doing it as a like a part time job, I thought like I'm the kind of guy that if I have to go run a bunch of errands in town, I plan my route so I'm making all right hand turns and I'm going in a, in a circle instead of going back and forth, back and forth to save gas and to save time. I know I don't look like that, and you see my shop, I kind of look like I'm not that efficient, but I really am all about efficiency and, and wastefulness. And that's like, I, I do have a couple of videos where I put that up, like the video I was just talking about earlier with the plasma cutter of like, uh, you know, I have to do 140 cuts. I'm going to find the least, like, you know, wasteful way, the most efficient way to do these 140 cuts. Sometimes it'll take me 50 cuts to get there, but I'm going to find a system, and sometimes I make videos and share that. Like, and so I think that same way with, with uh, reclaiming. I, I have people offering me stuff all the time, and I and I always it's and it's difficult. It's like, hey, do you want this chair? It's you know 45 minutes north of you. I'd love that chair if you happen to be driving this way and wanted to drop it off in my driveway. But, <laughs> you know, I can't. I don't want to spend two hours going up there to get that chair when there's plenty of other chairs getting thrown away right in my neighborhood. And that's part of my business. I'm really on this this mission uh, about that to really make people think about what they're doing. Um, and how they're they're using, um, and I had a better way of saying it a few minutes ago. I forgot. Well, let me let me ask you this, Jim. What are the benefits to being, I mean, more efficient? Obviously, to save time. But as far as green goes, by being more efficient, what does that do to be more green? Being more efficient is I am I am burning calories and I'm consuming calories. Um, and if I can burn fewer calories to get more productivity, then I'm consuming fewer calories. So I'm consuming less. It's even my body is a is a machine that consumes. Everything consumes and then leaves waste behind. And my goal is to try and consume as little and as leave as little waste behind. Whether it's in the way I furnish my home or it's the way I conduct my daily life. Um, it's not that I'm like starving myself or anything, but I don't see the need to, you know, give. Uh, you know, 50,000 gallons of water to a cow so I can have a steak. Like, that doesn't make sense to me. Not to go back to the vegetarianism thing. I know I'm not preaching, I promise. But uh, it just doesn't make sense to me. And um, and so, you know, I do that, you know, with, with like, pallets. Like, yeah, sure, I break down pallets. And I, I try to find the most efficient way to break down pallets and decide, you know, where what I'm going to waste, what I'm going to try and save, when to give up on trying to save something where it's no longer efficient and it's no longer beneficial. Free wood isn't free. It's the labor. But a big part of what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to make my life so all the value that I earn, all the money I earn, however you want to put it, is in me. It's not in the stuff. I want to take worthless stuff and make it priceless, as my, my, my business mantra is. And, and so if I can get wood for free and then sell it for $300, it's because I earned $300, not because that wood was worth $200 and I made $100 in the process of taking it from point A and putting it to point C. Um, 
the value is in me, and it's in me pulling the nails out, like Phil was saying, taking the pallet bar. I enjoy it. I like the physical work. It's the closest thing I have to a gym membership. <laughs> and uh, and I, I like taking, well, here's something that someone said was had no value in my hard work and my sweat and, you know, uh, um, efficient sweat is going to generate value out of this. That's that's sort of the goal. So, so going back to what Ben was saying, I think it was like here he's got, he, he needs a, he needs a pallet, and he needs a piece of cardboard to go on that pallet for them to stack and or ship something. And instead of driving, spending hours doing that, driving around, wasting gas um, to find something to save a few bucks and to try and reclaim or repurpose that pallet, it would have been actually more green, more time efficient, all that other stuff to either build one real quick or just to go buy a piece of cardboard. Uh, I think he even said we could have bought a piece of recycled cardboard and you know bought a pallet so I think the point is is that it's not always just trying to save something from the landfill is the most green thing to do yeah yeah Ben and Ben was absolutely right in that scenario he was painting you got you got to look at the forest for the trees you know and um and he so if he's actually if he's gonna spend an hour at X amount of dollars an hour that he's making at you know 10 miles to gallon whatever his truck gets you know driving around looking for this thing you know people get this they get Tunnel vision. Um, I work in reclaim, so I have to have reclaim wood to do this. The, the packaging, and I'm, I get guilty of that too. I mean, I, and that's one of the reasons I, I really think about this a lot is to keep myself. Like when I make a crate, I ship these these tables, and I, I don't even want to ship stuff. I just unfortunately still have to. I don't have enough people locally that know I exist that want to buy from me, so I'm still shipping. Because um, I don't want to do that. I don't want that truck driving across the country with my work on it. Because there's, there's, you know, if I ship, it was like the the Hayward, California, where I, I it was like a great gig, but Bill lives in Hayward. He can make that table for you. You know, unfortunately, uh, you have a job and I don't, so I had to take it <laughs> to pay the bills. But um, so you know, when I make a crate, I buy OSB board at Home Depot. Um, it's nine bucks for a four by eight. I build the crate out of the stuff, and I'm done in an hour. And I factor that into the cost of the piece, and um, I wrap it. I, I buy a brand new shipping blanket, and I wrap it around it before I build a crate, and uh, and put it in that way. And I and I don't like doing it, but what are my other options? To go driving around for three hours looking for something in my my 1972 Chevy truck, just spewing gas out the tailpipe, and nothing will make you more aware of how much gas you're wasting than having a daily driver be a 1972 pickup truck. <laughs> it really keeps you on your toes, you know. And sure. trust me, my, my 1978 Bronco that I used to had was a definitely a, a an economy car. Yeah. <laughs> I was I was supporting everybody's economy by driving. <laughs> But um, you know, I'm. I would. Um, this may be a little bit tangential, but I, I wanted to say, with regard to when is green not green, convincing the larger community, not convincing the activists. You don't have to convince an activist. You guys are on board. We are on board. Let's say, but convincing everybody else, so the population at large, business, industry, all those people, green has to make financial sense. If it yes. doesn't, people aren't going to do it. Just plain and simple. You know, if you've got a, even if you go to Wendy's and you've got to dump out your your tray, if the recycling bin is ten feet to the right and the garbage is right in front of you, no one's walking ten feet. You got to put the recycling bin right next to the garbage, which is right next to the door. So we've got to make these things as easy as possible, and and it also has to come down to money. So you know, if I've got to drive, let's say I'm buying a tool off Craigslist, I don't know, a bandsaw. There's one for a hundred bucks. And it's an hour and a half away. 
and there's one for 225, but it's 10 minutes away. You know, I don't know. I don't know which one is the better deal. You know, it's a it's a tough question. It get and it gets it gets real tough, and that's like in that instance. You know, if it was an hour and a half away, I would find some other reason. Was well, there some other place I need to visit that's an hour and a half away to make an excuse for that? And then besides my truck, I also have, you know, a modern car that actually gets reasonable fuel economy, which is the one I use when I have to drive long distances. And they want to take that. And, and I actually factor that in. As a musician, as a, as a working musician for all those years, that was a big thing. I would get angry at my boss when he would book a gig that was 100 miles away that paid the same as a gig we could have had in town. And it's like, oh, it's a better gig. It's like, well, yeah, but... I'm going to spend four times as much on gas to get there. It's not, it doesn't make any financial sense. I could be home in bed two hours earlier and, you know, and not spend any money on gas just to go have this better gig. It doesn't make sense to me. Um, so you, you have to factor all that stuff in. So like what Ben was saying is absolutely right, but we, we need to actually think about that. And you, that's a, a really good question, Phil, that maybe we should address is, well, how do we get the people that aren't on board to think about it? This is super complex. I mean, when you think about it, um, because there's a lot of people, I think, out there that are, are trying to get on board a little bit. That they've never done anything before. You know, like I said, for me, at one point, I thought recycling meant when my brown bin got full, you start putting it in the blue bin. And apparently, that's not true. Uh, I don't do that anymore. Good. But, <laughs> but, but I mean, there's a lot of people that want to make a difference. So they, they, they think that, you know, okay, if I want to upcycle something, then they will spend a whole lot of time and effort driving around that maybe it doesn't make a lot of sense. But... Do you think that for those starting out, at least that gets them in, in the mindset of thinking about it? Or is there just a lot of complex stuff that you think everybody should really try and focus on to begin with? Or, or should we just, in other words, what I'm saying, should we, should we be happy to let people get their toes wet and then show them how to swim? Or do we sit them down before they ever go near the water and teach them how to swim? Mm. I actually don't think it's ever going to be something that is pushed forward. I think it's something that gets pulled, you know, like it just it's going to be an organic grounds groundswell, you know, just like the blue boxes. You know, nobody was pushing people to do it, you know, but when when towns started giving them out and enough peer pressure built up and enough let's say public shame built up that oh, you're not using your blue bin, what are you doing with your recycled stuff? Oh, I throw it in the garbage. Oh my god, you're a horrible person. You know, is sort of the feeling that <laughs> It just happened, you know, like we all one day started recycling on it. It was when we bought the house, you know, like the blue bin came with the house and it's right next to the garbage can and I would feel horrible at throwing this stuff in the garbage. So I put in the recycling and all my neighbors on recycling day have their blue bins out and if mine weren't out, I know I would get funny looks. So in that case, public shame is a good thing clearly, when it's for a good cause. And, and I think the same thing will happen at graduated levels. See, I, I think uh, uh, here's my contribution to this conversation that's going to be witty. I think, now check this out, you ready? <clears throat> okay, I'm ready. I think that when being green happens organically, <laughs> it's better. Huh? You <laughs> used that right. Good job. You're welcome. <laughs> I can't even take you. <laughs> okay. So anyway, yeah, this, this, this is a fun topic, though. I mean, I, I do find myself thinking about it more and more and being more efficient on what I do, um, going out looking for stuff. And, and it's usually 
I, I don't just set out to go drive around the neighborhoods and look for garbage, right? But I do know there's certain areas that are going to have maybe pallets, or I know one neighborhood that people constantly are setting stuff on the curb or something like that. So if I got to go to the store or on my way to work, maybe I'll take a side street. I, I think that's what Tim was saying is just try and plan it out a little bit, put a little bit of forethought into it if you can, if you want to get into this and, and you know, that's going to be a, a, that's a way of being a little bit more green. Yeah. Well, talking about it, you know, as we are, as you are, is the other way to do it. You know, within our our mesh networks, you know, our tiny little micro networks that touch upon other micro networks is how you spread that kind of word. And that probably, I mean, we're using the word organically, but the truth is, is nothing happens organically. Things happen because I don't know. They're made to happen either naturally or unnaturally. So in this case, if everyone starts talking about it. It, it sort of happens, and maybe that sounds like I'm contradicting what I said earlier, but uh, you know, no, maybe, that, maybe that thinking sense. about it brings more of it to light. You know, and I, I'm finding that with um, uh, just me getting it out there that I'm that I'm doing this stuff now. Um, since, like I said, Casey's salon opened up, and um, people are coming to me and asking me, you know, hey, I, I found this thing, and look what I made. So, I mean, just the fact that you're doing something or saying something or talking about it does get people in the you know, to, to try it too and then hopefully they get more interested in it and with uh, with the knowledge from guys like sway uh, we can pass that down slowly and I think it does happen naturally and organically but it, but it's not I mean it doesn't just happen it happens because people are actually getting interested we're, we're all making a difference we're talking about it so I, both of you guys are right you're always you guys are always right what the hell See, I don't think I have any specific knowledge um, uh, you you've know, gathered, you've gathered that knowledge, so you have. I mean, it didn't just oh, happen to pop in your. Or you mean that all of your knowledge is general? <laughs> I only have general knowledge. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh crap! I forgot what I was gonna say. I, now. I thought you were gonna say I'm stupid. Don't listen to me. But I disagree <laughs> with that. So. No, I, I think that it's uh, you know I'm a I'm like kind of a nerd like I'm, I'm surprised <laughs> I'm like you know I, I just think about things um, analytically I'm like I try to be Spock instead of Kirk I tend to be Kirk more than Spock and that oh god I'm totally made my nerdiness but um, you know I try to think about like well if there's an action and, and this was advice my father gave me um, when I was a, a young man that I really took. Uh, I was upset about something. I was crying as a teenager, and I was all emotional, and you know, and this and that. And my father said, "So what are you going to do? Are you going to sit here and you're going to cry about it, or are you going to do something about it?" And so that's what I try to do. I try to do something about it. And so I think, like, well, there's something that upsets me. What can I do to change that? Um, I'm like, like Ben. I'm driving around for an hour and a half, and looking for some, you know, unicorn palette. And, and it's the, it's not efficient. It's not the right thing to do. How do I change that? And so he kind of reached out to us, and I feel like we owe him like a, a way to change it. And it's like I don't. I, I wish I had the answer. I don't think I have that. Um, you know, obviously you want to explain to your boss like, well, let's. What, why are you trying to do this? What is your point? Are you trying to look like you care? Or are you trying to actually care? Because if you actually care, buying some recycled cardboard is the most efficient way to go right now. Okay, maybe, maybe my vocabulary isn't always efficient, but let me explain to you. I'll, I will give you a perfect example and legitimately show off your knowledge, Mr. Sway. What? So I, I recently sent you – I know, this is right. I recently sent you something in the mail, and 
I struggled with how am I going to send this to you because I wanted to package it safely. So what I did was, <laughs> is, you know what I'm going to ask you, right? And, and yeah. I, I, I don't know, was this a good idea or not? But I dug some styrofoam out of the, the garbage thinking, okay, I'm at least reusing it, but did that really do any good? Was that a green thing to do? No, it absolutely was. And I have a video coming out. I might be, it might be my next video. I'm not sure. I have two that I have in the can from around Christmas. And uh, one of them is called, it's the, the whole Tim Sway, Tim's Way that Luis suggested, the Tim's right. Way thing. And one of them is, uh, it's an eight-minute thing about paper. And, uh, and I go into packing material with it a couple times. Uh, and I was laughing as I opened that box because you had all that brown paper that you put in there. Right. But, um, for those who, who don't know what we're talking about, if you go to William Lutz's YouTube channel, he uh, made this really cool, super cool clock that Vance loves. He has it in his little maker space that we have in his house, his little crafting area, and he doesn't quite know how to read it yet because it's got a saw blade and hammer for hands on this clock, you know, and he's five. But he's getting there. And um, and he uh, and, and so so Bill mailed this to Vance along with the uh, branding iron, which we use. I think you saw that photo. Um, and the hat, which he won't take that. He has a hat now that has Bill Lutz's name on it. Just his loots across, like a stocking cap, and his coal down. So that's his go-to hat, and he's basically just walking around with your name on his forehead all the time, which is really funny. <laughs> but so yeah, you packed it. And I do that all the time. I save all that packing material. That's exactly what I would have done. And um, and I and I and I say it in this video. I, I uh, there's a part of the video. I don't. I, I guess I can reveal. Who cares? Um, I show all my Christmas wrapping paper, and, and I save it all because it's recyclable. But instead of me recycling it, because recycling is, eh, you know, I save it and I use it as packing material in future things I'm going to ship. And then I fully understand that when it gets to the next location, that person will probably end up just recycling it or throwing it away. But at least it was one more step. I didn't buy packing peanuts. I used something that was laying around. So it got one more use before it went into the waste stream. And so what you did is absolutely right. And you sent it to me, so that's even more right because, you know, I'm not just going to throw it away. I'm going to save it, and I'm going to ship that off to someone else. Hey, but I was concerned that you'd be pissed off that I sent you styrofoam because I even know styrofoam is one of the worst things that oh, I've ever invented, right? This is the devil's material. Okay, but now, going back to what I originally stated, this is the knowledge that you have that I legitimately needed to ask you something. So you have gained information and experience that you can share with the rest of us. But, I've proven, I've proven but my you, point. But you're assuming I'm right. <laughs> we don't know if I'm right or not. Right, but that's just what I think. Anybody that you talk to about something that you want to know, you have to trust that they're going to give you the information that you need whether it's a professor in school, whether it's a, um, somebody like Phil who, Phil, just so you know you're included here, when I hear you talk, when, when I hear you watch your videos, you come across as so knowledgeable. It's like you didn't just come by this stuff and you're not regurgitating it. You're, you've actually analyzed it. You, you know what I mean? I, you come across trustworthy. I trust the knowledge that you give me. So if you tell me it's a good idea to use this material for reclaiming, I'm going to believe that. You know, we all have that kind of knowledge. And Tim, you just happen to be the hippie-looking guy that that seems like you would know. So, thanks. Um, I, when I pack my Etsy stuff, I only ever use uh, reclaimed packaging material, and that's just because I'm incredibly cheap. I just pack it at work, and I take boxes that were going to be thrown away or recycled. I use styrofoam that was going to get thrown away, and I I just 
pack it all up and then I ship it out. Otherwise, where would I get all this stuff anyway? So uh, I guess I guess this is this is the example that I'm giving from before, where the recycling bin is right next to the garbage can and it's right next to the door. It's easy for me to reclaim. It's easy for me to recycle in this case or to reuse. So that's what I'm doing. Not because I'm some kind of a eco hero or anything like that. It just it makes sense, and I think that's when it's going to take off for everybody. I was I was a cheapskate long before I was an environmentalist, <laughs> and I was poor long before as a working musician before long before I was an environmentalist, and that is absolutely what started me down this path. And then it was only later that I started thinking and learning about it. And um, you know, so you know, Ben, you were doing the right thing, or you were thinking the right thing. You know, that's that's exactly how I would have thought. Environment aside, is well, what's the most efficient way? And mm -hmm. I think it's I think they're hand in hand. Right. Okay. What are we watching? Bill, who are you watching this week? I would love to tell everybody about somebody uh, that we just, I think all of us discovered recently, and she's amazing. She's from Germany. I think I screwed it up with uh, Christiana Filgaris because I said she was from Brazil and she was from Portugal. But this young maker, this amazing young maker, uh, Laura Camp. And uh, as soon as I discovered her through Christiana Filgaris, Get Hands Dirty, is how I found Laura Kampf. Uh, she's got probably eight or nine videos now. And just do yourselves a favor and check her out. She's not only um, skilled, talented, and has just great editing, all that good stuff, but she's super supportive. She's um, joined the online community and just does nothing but um, cheering and, and pushing and prodding for everybody. They're like, yay. So check out Laura Kampf. Um, I don't know how to spell the last name. I think it's K-A-M-P-H or something. But either way, Phil takes care of that stuff. Just uh, check out Laura Kampf. She's amazing, amazing, amazing maker, and I'm, I'm glad that we're getting to know her. Yeah, that's cool. What about you, Tim? Um, I wanted to mention... Uh, my my buddy, um, his channel is R David R, and um, he's a, a YouTuber who he's a maker and he's also a musician, which is probably why I like him. <laughs> but he's a drummer, and uh, he makes um, basically most of his videos are about stuff for his drums. He's either like painting a drum or he's making drum beaters. Like his most recent video, he made a drum beater out of drums, broken drum sticks, and. Anybody who's watched my videos knows I've made a lot of things out of broken drumsticks. That's kind of a fun, a fun uh, upcycling project. Um, so he does all this kind of cool stuff. His videos are great. I mean, his editing is great and everything. And I and I laugh when I watch his videos because I think about how tough his audience is because I know percussionists and drummers and I know woodworkers and he's trying to cater to like both of them almost, you know. So um, that's like that's a huge undertaking to make all those guys happy, and and he seems to be doing it. He's got a pretty successful channel, and I would totally recommend checking it out. That's awesome. Yeah, I definitely will. I will too. Uh, I am watching someone who I've been watching like literally from day one, uh, Frank Howarth. I'm sure everybody who watches him. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> this guy's a, a juggernaut. But I'll tell you, <clears throat> he's interesting on so many levels. He's interesting how he gets his kids involved. He's interesting because he did his shop build as a video, like how the planning, the the construction of the shop, which is a, a building that's uh, detached from the house, 
Um, the tools that he, because he uses a lot of vintage tools and like how, the whole story of how he sourced and transported like his 12-inch jointer like from the 30s and how he restored it and he does a lot of problem solving. He's also on the cutting edge with a lot of things because he did a, uh, a Google 360 video where you could, where he filmed it and you were actually able to move around the space during the video, which was like kind of mind-blowing. I'm not sure it's quite ready for, for everybody. I found it a little, I don't know, uh, disorienting, but it was a really, really cool proof of concept. Um, so if you're not watching Frank Howarth, like, are you crazy? And if you are, you should be watching the back catalog again because this guy's awesome. Yeah, I mean, regardless of, of all the uh, – his, his knowledge and skills are amazing, and what he does and builds is great. But his editing, did you see the one where the table saw took itself apart? Yeah. Itself and put itself <laughs> back together? The for style. Like, yeah, the style mode for a guy sick. like me. I have no clue. I might as well. I would have gone to a movie theater and paid money and sat down with popcorn to watch something like that. I mean, and he's doing it on his videos. So, so very well done. Yeah, I used to free. do stop motion movies um, for fun as a teenager with just like, a, I don't know, analog movie camera. And uh, I'll tell you what you need to do what he's doing. And that is like mountains and mountains of patience because... I was doing it at one frame per second. He's probably doing it at a much higher frame rate, which means that it is taking forever to do. You have to have real commitment to doing this to continue going. Because that, let's say, a 10, 10 or 15 second thing is probably like 200 shots. And you've got to think about how to do it, especially when items jump from one level to the next. I could talk for an hour about it, but I won't. Just to say, Frank Howarth is awesome. Good for you, brother. Yeah, I, I did one stop motion, the Lego video, and it was crazy. And just last night I was watching on the Tested channel, Adam Savage's channel, the, uh, the little thing about the Star Wars stop motion in the new movie. And they're talking yeah. about how they did it in the old movie and the new movie, and they're, uh, it's uh, unbelievable. And this guy somehow manages to actually make the, the piece of furniture or whatever in the video and do that stop motion. Yeah. I, don't, I can't even comprehend it. It's mind-blowing. So cool. It's mind-blowing. It's crazy. Okay, guys. Our channels, as always, are Tim Sway, William Lutz, and Jake and Emmy's dad. Check us out on social, Tim Sway, William underscore Lutz, and Phil Pinsky across all the platforms. Uh, contact us for show topics, for questions, comments, info at reclaimedaudio.com. A lot of people have so far, and we're thrilled to get that communication from you guys, so please do not be shy. On iTunes, we would love it if you left some feedback, and on Patreon, we would love it if you left some money. <laughs> to be blunt, but uh, if you if it's within your means. All right, guys, thanks for listening. Appreciate it. All yes, right, everybody. Uh, make sure you stay tuned because we've got a lot of new exciting things coming up. And just thank you for watching and listening. And what do we watch? We don't watch. You don't watch us. You listen to us. Okay, they watch me though. Anyway, bye, guys. Bye. Thank you. Be good.